Thanks for pressing play on the Third Shift Entrepreneur podcast, where we teach you how to build your dream job while keeping your day job. I'm the show's executive producer and co-host, Iron Mike Stedman, a Third Shift Entrepreneur with a knack for boxing, social impact, and podcasting. In this episode, Tide and I discuss pushing versus pulling and the ability to distinguish between what people are already seeking you out for as opposed to something you're trying to force. No more excuses. It's time to get to work. Let's go. Hey, everybody, this is Todd Connor, and you're listening to the Third Shift Entrepreneur Podcast, where we talk about how to start stuff and build businesses without quitting your job, without creating financial risk, creating a longer runway for your ideas to take flight. And we see this day in and day out in thousands of entrepreneurs that we work with across the country. But we don't think that we talk about it enough. We don't think that we break it down enough. We don't think that we make it relatable enough. And so we started a podcast to talk about this, hopefully to help you bring your idea to life. And so I'm here with my buddy, my battle buddy, my co-creator, Mike Stebman. Mike, what's going on, brother? What's going on, Todd? Just sitting here enjoying the day, sipping a cup of coffee and helping start some more entrepreneurs, helping them get off the ground. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I'll, I'll tell you, I've been intimidated by the conversation of entrepreneurship for a long time. And uh, it's only kind of recently that I've felt like, you know, hey, I actually kind of know what I'm doing. But but knowing what you're doing is it is looks it has always looked differently for me mm-hmm. than I, I think it has looked or what I thought it should look like for other people. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about that today. Just what are the things that people that I see that are actually making it happen, which, by the way, is not the same as the influencers that you see. It's not the same as those that are most visible to you. I think it's the third shift entrepreneurs that are the people that are sort of quietly going about doing their thing. They're making, they're creating valuable solutions uh, in the world, in your community. And they're not always doing it with a bunch of fanfare. Um, but those are the folks that are making it happen and they're, they're generating income for themselves. They're, living fulfilled lives because they're pursuing the creative and interesting projects that matter to them. And that's what we want to kind of create a little bit of a mold for, for other people to follow. Yeah, because it's it's definitely a lifestyle, Todd. We don't talk about that enough. I feel like once you kind of come in, you're always thinking and testing and trying stuff. It's like, I got to stop myself from trying new business models, but I like to explore them. I like to test them just to see if I can get a, get a bite, you know, to validate it. I no, I love that. I mean, some of this is just, it is a mentality. Like, you know, we live in uh, right now with quarantine, we're living in Indiana and it's kind of a rural community. And I was walking, taking my son for a walk and I do this every morning, go for a walk for you know a couple hours. And I just noticed I'm like, there's trash, you know, there's just trash along the side of the road. And I was walking for a few weeks, noticing the trash and not doing anything about it. And then one day I was like, you know, I can't just walk by this trash every day. So I bought one of those trash, like picker upper things, you know, that you just got like the little claw. Yeah. Brought a trash bag. And I just said, you know, Hey, I'm, this is my community, right? This is my neighborhood. Uh, when I walk by trash, I'm gonna pick it up. And it's a simple action like that, uh, that I think is the beginning of things that are bigger, you know, and maybe I don't think picking up trash in my neighborhood is going to necessarily be a bit bigger. Although, I'll tell you, like, because I also see this in doing that, there's a bunch of cars that drive by, you know, and they see a guy with a baby stroller who's also picking up trash. And like, maybe it just spurs them a little bit to think, 
like, well, maybe we ought to do that. Or maybe we shouldn't litter, you know, so or not or, or, or not. But I think it's a it's a reflex that we build to see something and do something. And, you know, I think the math on this is like you do that 10 times. And, and then you listen, you wait for the pull. And this is the conversation today. You'll do it nine times and no one cares, which is fine. You do it because it's, it's what you think is interesting. And then the 10th time, someone's like, hey, we need you to come do this over here. You know, and I think, I think of my, you know, my own professional life. And I know, you know, I'd love your opinion on this because I think it's probably the same for you. But I think of my own professional life no longer as a... Um, Definitely not in terms of a resume, not in terms of sort of progression, but more as like a portfolio of things I'm doing, um, a portfolio of things that are interesting. By the way, a portfolio of things, some of which no one cares about, um, <laughs> a portfolio of things that includes some things that no one else needs, you know, but a portfolio that includes a couple of things that other people need. And so, um, you know, this idea of like a portfolio career having a mentality of you see a problem, you see, you see something, you say something, right. Or what's the old TSA motto. Um, I think it's just part of the entrepreneurial mindset, you know, um, and we can create some very small wins for ourselves today if we want to. No, hundred percent agree. I'll tell you, um, I view my portfolio the same, right. I'll be honest with the listeners. Listen, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Like I'm still figuring it out. I know what I would like to leave in the world though. I know I definitely would love to leave a book. I know I would love to explore my background in African-American studies and American studies. I know I want to build a dope boxing brand. Like it's just, but the thing I enjoy about what we do, Todd, is like even the, what you mentioned about picking the trash up, you can take things as far as you want to, right? There's no like ending. It has to stop there. Like what stop you from organizing a community and saying, hey, this is how we're going to approach trash pickup in our neighborhood. We're going to start a nonprofit around it, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to do that but the option is there. Right. And so I'm just kind of understanding that within my own life of like, there's all these different rabbit holes I can go down and opportunities, but it's really up to me about how far I want to take that, how much I want to pursue them. I know. And this, this, um, you know, I want to talk about this idea of pushing versus pulling because I think, you know, entrepreneurs, we, we, there's a lot of literature and kind of bravado about, you know, it's about being brave and it's about, it's the language is usually around pushing, which is put it that way. So it's usually like you got to hustle, you got to push, like you got to get a hundred no's before you get a yes. Um, you got to like risk it all. Um, and it's, it's very much an image of like someone by themselves, someone like, you know, conquering mountains, putting it all on the line. And it's like a push, push, push. And I think what we don't talk about enough is like the pull. Right. So we have a job as an entrepreneur to push, uh, but then we have an obligation to wait for the pull or listen for the pull. And a lot of people are pushing in areas where there is no pull. You know, it's like you put something out there and you keep talking about it and, and like no one's asking you for more. You know, um, sometimes you see this with mentors. Um, if, you know, mentors that are wanting to be mentors, but but no one wants to be their mentee, like, you got to listen to that. That's a problem. <laughs> you know, if you want to be uh, giving advice, but no one's asking you for advice, like there's no pull. Um, and smart entrepreneurs, like they wait for a pull, you know, they listen for a pull. They're like, you know, people are asking me about this. That means that I have some credibility in this moment. I mean, Mike, you and I were talking about 
I'm just going to use you for a second. Cause I think you have, uh, you've done things, right? Like you've put things out there. You've been a three time, you know, you know, championship boxer, right? So that's you demonstrating your expertise. You have initiated, you know, programs for youth in Newark. That's you taking the action. You have initiated a podcast. That's you taking an action, but then you've been pulled, you know, like I heard your podcast and I was like, I like what you do. I, would you consider doing it with me, you know, for me, with me? And you're like, sure. Right. And so that's a pull. That's me coming to you being like, I know what you do because you pushed, right? Like you put it out there. I saw it. I was like, Hey, it's good. Which by the way, like I wouldn't pull you if your other podcasts weren't good. So, you know, our obligation as entrepreneurs is to sort of like show up, have it be good. You know, that's our push. Right. And then the pull is like other people say it's good. And then they ask us for more. I was at a farmer's market uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, there's a woman, Linda, and she lives in Gary, Indiana, and she comes to Chesterton, Indiana, which is where I'm at in the moment. And she's got these, you know, um, these products, these baby products and like shea butter and and it's really different. And she was talking about it. And by the way, she's the only person there that's selling this stuff. So I don't know if it's a good price or a bad price. I don't really care. I'm like, look, you're the person in front of me. And it's a skincare line that's mostly focused on on like black, uh, black bodies, right? So my son's black. So I'm like, hey, this is, and she's like, you know, it'll work on him. It'll be good. And I was like, cause the products right now don't work that good. So we take the stuff home, we use the stuff. And by the way, this is just, she makes it in her kitchen, small scale, small batch makes it in her kitchen. We bring it home, put it on the baby and like, boom, it works. And I email Linda and I'm like, we need a lot more of this stuff. And by the way, like we should share it with a lot more people. So like she does her push, which is like, I'll make the product. I'll show up at a farmer's market. And then like the customer does the pull, which is like, I want a lot more of this stuff. And I want to share it with a lot more people that are also, you know, need better skincare product for their kids. So this is like the yin and yang of entrepreneurship. But, um, I don't think that we, you know, pull, we don't listen to the pull enough. And I think that's the skill set that we got to teach more entrepreneurs. It's like how to like observe, like do your thing, put it out there, but then like observe, become scientific. Like, is it working? And if it's not working, then like, you got to go back to yourself. Like, what am I doing wrong? This brings me this, this reminds me of the conversation we had before we started recording, you know, because, you know, reading a lot and just understanding the way things work. Like I'm a, now I have this philosophy of not being pre-revenue. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think you need to test and validate and make sure somebody is willing to pay you for a product or service before you basically fire away, you know, pull all your money into it and everything. And so this goes back to what you're talking about, Todd, of like, if nobody wants what you have, if nobody's willing to exchange monetary value for it, not just like a friend that's like, oh yeah, man, I would definitely do that. Okay, cool. Can we get a pre-sale going or something? But identifying that people are willing to pay you for what you are providing what you're launching or whatever. I think that's so important and so crucial because I think a lot of times entrepreneurs, as I've seen, and I'm guilty of it too, it's like, but I have it so great. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But nobody's really asking you for it. And once you've kind of gone public with it, no one has like, hey, let's explore this some more. And I think that's when you need to kind of test and refine and say, hey, maybe either I'm presenting this the wrong way. Maybe there's more to it. Maybe I'm being selfish and not actually solving a problem that customers have. I mean, but I do think there's this, this validity in the validation. Sorry. And understanding the push and pull mentality. Yeah. And it's really, it's, it's hard for a lot of entrepreneurs. Cause I think 
we think of entrepreneurs as being really tenacious, but they're also very humble and curious. You know, it's like, yeah, like you are, you're willing to sort of like jump out there and do things, right? So but the, the act of initiation isn't, you know, stop thinking about social media. It's like pick up the clippers and like pick up trash, right? That's like an act of initiation. Make a product, you know, uh, offer a point of view, um, you know, offer to help, uh, you know, do something that's small. Um, you know, if you want to start a nonprofit dealing with, you know, voting, voting access, like become a poll watcher, you know, like what's taking action. So we can do things that are specific and small and put it out there. And then, uh, yeah, and then we got to help listen for the feedback and the feedback is interesting because I like the, the first question I would ask people is like, what are people coming to you for now? Like, what are people seeking you out for? What are your friends, what do your friends ask you for help with at work? What do they come to you for? What do you naturally, you know, what are, what's the situational thing that you're great at? Um, what's the expertise that you have? Um, so, and by the way, some of this is like personality driven. Like I was observing the other day, you know, like when I post stuff on social media, I'm like, people really love it when I talk in long form and vulnerable ways about my family. You know, they're way interested. They're more interested in that than they are in like what I think about entrepreneurship, <laughs> which is sort of interesting. But I'm observing that and I'm like, well, that's interesting. Maybe, maybe I have a role to play to help do storytelling around my family if that means something to people right now, you know? So I, I just sit with that. It's like, it's data. It's not, I don't have to hate it. I think a lot of people feel like if, if people don't like what I'm doing, then it's like a rejection. And I, I understand that it feels like a rejection, but I would challenge people to think like a scientist, like think like a scientist, like we're running an experiment. What does the data say? And if people aren't interested in what we're offering, then like, that's okay. Like, let's just move on to the next version of it. Um, and then there becomes a real question at some point, which is, okay, they're interested. You know, they're, they're listening to my podcast, but that doesn't mean I'm making money yet. So we still got to figure out the business model, but knowing people are coming to us for, for insight, for answers, for expertise, like, Hey, Mike, I thought of you because I have this challenge and I knew that you would think of it in a way that would be helpful for me. Like that's real data where people are kind of pulling us somewhere and we can build a business, you know, we can build something to kind of, you know, meet them halfway, but it's this, it's this push and pull that we got to get good at and doing both. So Todd, I want to ask you a question regarding push and pull. What are your thoughts on push and pull for the individual and this understanding of like, Oh man, I got the expertise and skill set, but I really don't want to do this work. You know, it's like, oh, this is a great opportunity and I know I have all the background in it, but I literally cannot see myself working on it day after day, year after year and, yeah. and versus something that like, hey, I may not have this expertise, but like I'm really passionate about it. And this passion is something I can see taking me throughout the years to get this thing off the ground. Yeah. I mean, this is a great question. Like if you if you are. Um, if you. Yeah. First of all, sitting there in your at home during COVID, just doing what you do, it's just highly unlikely you're ever going to get pulled into anything, you know? I mean, you'll get pulled, you know, maybe like your coworkers will pull you into things because they know who you are and what you do, but it's not, no one's coming with like a big invitation to fulfill our dreams. You know, they don't know that we even have that dream because we're just at home doing our thing. So no one can pull you 
unless they, unless you have presented yourself in the world, which is the push, right? And that involves doing some work, you know? Um, it involves putting yourself out there reputationally. It involves um, taking action. You know, if you want to start a nonprofit uh, to help, you know, kids in underserved communities, you know, get into college, then you've got to sort of get out there and help do it in a few cases. And then you got to get out there and talk about how you've done it in a few cases, right? Like that's the sort of push that's required. And if that doesn't sound interesting to you, then it's probably not a problem that you care enough about, you know, and this is sort of the gut check. I think the best place for entrepreneurs to start is exactly where you're at. What are you already thinking about? What are you already observing? What's the community in which you live? What do you think that this, you know, if you've been driving downtown, you know, in your little small town, and every time you go through downtown, you're like, man, this place needs a coffee shop. Like that's a, that's a kernel of truth, right? Like you've got an insight there. There's something there. And, um, and you've got maybe an opportunity to test something, put pop up a, a coffee kiosk on the corner and offer to sell coffee and see what happens. You know, just start the conversation. It sounds ridiculous, but it's like, stand on the corner and give away coffee and people like come by and they're like, oh man, I think this community needs a coffee shop. It's like, well, that's what I've been thinking too. Or people pass you by and they're like, no, I don't, I don't drink coffee. Like, okay, cool. That's, that's good data too. So not taking it personally, being scientific, but taking some action, right? Putting it out there, solve the problem, see what happens and then observe, right? This is where you got to be like, look and listen, stop talking. You know, it's like, it's funny with good sales, good sales is like, it's more questions than answers. It's like, yeah, you have a point of view, like, here's what I think, here's what I think I could see for you, but like, what do you think? You know, it's this listening. So I think entrepreneurship as an act of listening is, um, is really important. This last thing I'd say is, you know, just to, again, try to make this real. We bought this property out here, um, this old bed and breakfast. And, you know, that's a whole story. It's a longer story, but there's a push in this, which is like, we bought a bed and breakfast. But here's the pull. The pull is like, I think I, I had a vision that this would be great for small group retreats. You know, that this would be great. It's like eight bedrooms. I'm like, oh man, this is, I would love, cause I'd lead retreats. So I already know this kind of, this space. And I'm like, man, I always am needing a better facility for myself. Like, I don't like going to the Hyatt, you know, it's, it's, it's corporate. I don't, it, I don't, I don't like the vibe. I like being in nature. I like having 30 acres. I like all these things. So I found this property. We, my husband and I found this property and we're like, Oh, this is, this is awesome. You know? And we bought it. Well, that's a push. That's us buying a property, <laughs> which we own, but here's the pull. Okay. Now we're in COVID you know, I don't know what the market needs. So we ran a few things. We're like, let's put it on Airbnb. Let's make it, let's brand it around family reunions. We got a marketing firm that works on only a commission basis. And I was like, weddings, family reunions, or nature retreats, like run and see what happens. Well, it turns out weddings, everyone wants weddings. So like, that's the pull, like, cool, let's build this around that model. And, and because like, I, my ego doesn't care. Like, yeah, I thought it was leadership retreats, but I'm not anchored on my solution. I'm anchored on the, the opportunity, which is this beautiful house. But if the market says it wants weddings then like, we're going to do weddings, you know, like, so that's the, that's the push and pull for an entrepreneur, but it's, uh, too many entrepreneurs, they stay in push mode. They keep trying to jam a solution that no one wants. And that's where the humility is required to be like, well, what does the market tell you want? And if you, and if you have that, you can find a market, you know, in most cases. As entrepreneurs, our responsibility is to get 
this head trash. I call it head trash, right? Because it's that idea that you're thinking about, you're dreaming about, and it's just draining on you because you haven't done anything with it. It's our responsibility to get that head trash, head trash and do something actionable with it. Get it rolling, get it started. And then from there, let the market tell us what it wants, what it needs, you know, taking our ego out of it. I'll tell you, Todd, similar to you, when I started my on-site boxing company, I thought that, you know, companies would want me to come in and do these giant classes for them and whatnot. But when my first clients, they really just wanted boxing for their top performers. Hmm. It was like a reward for like, you know, their top performers. And they wanted them to be a little bit more aggressive. It was just something about boxing. And it was completely different than what I expected. And the companies that won it was completely different than what I expected. And so you would never know that, but you got to let the market speak to you and you got to adjust, take the ego out of it. Yeah. And I think the smart entrepreneurs just allow for that, especially when it's early. You know, later on, it gets to the place of like, you got to productize it and you got to build it for repeatability. Right. So I, you know, I hear that. And there's a conversation that that is required at that point. Um, but yeah, when you're getting started and people are like, Hey, love what you do, but we would like it this way. Like, okay, cool. You know, like it's it, so peg your ego on not that your ideas win peg your ego on the idea that I always um, take pride in the fact that you always sort of meet the customer where they're at and, and kind of make it work. It's um, and if you do, then like your customers are going to sort of, you know, you're going to learn with them. You're going to co-create with them kind of how to build these solutions. And, and, um, and again, we're talking about how to start stuff. That's the beginning. This is where it starts. And uh, we grow from there, but this, this push and pull um, don't feel like um, don't confuse tenacity, which is pushing with at some point, uh, maybe the risk is you haven't, you just haven't listened, you know, and if you keep pushing and pushing and pushing, it's not, uh, it's not as though at some point you, you push through the wall. You might just be pushing on something that people just don't want. And, and we got to learn to sort of listen and observe and then pivot and change uh, and observe that pull. But, you know, it's a balance. It's an art form because there's got to be enough pushing, but there's also got to be enough pulling and smart entrepreneurs have an intrinsic sense of where to meet in the middle on that, on that conversation. Uh, and you get better the more you do it, right? That's like everything in life. You get better the more you do it. So Todd, let's give our audiences some key takeaways on this pushing versus pulling. What can they do? How can they apply it today? Well, if you've got an idea of, of something that you want to start, you know, our advice is start doing it at a very small scale, right? The smallest scale you can, you shouldn't spend money on it. You don't need to spend money on it in most cases, right? Solve the thing that you want to solve in a small scale. And then number one, and then prove that you can do it, right? So that's important. And then number three, prove that you like doing it. So all those things have to happen, right? And this is you pushing. This is you taking action. And then if you've done all of those things, you've solved it in a small scale. People have, you know, you know that you can do it. You like doing it. Then you share it with the world. Be like, look, I did this. And get external opinion. And then see what the reaction is. Um, and if if people are kind of inviting you to kind of start conversations, like that's where you begin to listen, you know, take note. Um, you want to start a, a catering company? Again, post, you know, cook some elaborate meals, do it for yourself, do it for a roommate, post it on the, on social media and then start the conversation. What do you guys think? You know, is this the kind of thing you'd want at a dinner party? Let me know. And that's, that, that takes some courage, right? Cause you're putting yourself out there, but that's the starting point. So create something, prove you can do it, prove you like doing it, 
and share it with the world and then observe, right? Is the world pulling you for it? And, and there's a chance that they just aren't. Uh, and that's just important data because better to find that out now than to invest a bunch of money uh, towards something that people aren't necessarily asking for. That's great advice, Todd. Take that advice to our listeners. Write it down. I'm telling you, man, we're dropping nuggets on this podcast. This isn't <laughs> a podcast about talking about stuff. This is a podcast about doing it. And we want to help you all launch your ventures, launch that side hustle, just get started and just follow your dreams. And so we're just, it's just a pleasure to be able to jump on here and just listen to Todd deliver this knowledge. I'm taking notes myself. So just make well, sure you're doing it as well. We're having fun and and we are, you know, this is aspirational. So I want people to feel encouraged because really the, the, the undercurrent of everything that we're saying is you can do this stuff today. This is not, this is not bigger. This is not, uh, advanced. This is about small actions that you are taking today, uh, and then seeing what the seeing what the reaction is, and uh, that's the beginning. You know, we don't talk enough about the beginning of these things, but it always starts small. Definitionally, it always starts small. It always starts improbably, uh, and that's where great things emerge. And, and I think everyone who's listening right now is 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 on the path because you're already curious and that, and you're listening. So, you know, congratulations. Let's keep going. And for our listeners out there, do us a favor and subscribe to the Third Shift Entrepreneur Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. Your reviews are greatly appreciated. Be sure to also visit thirdshiftentrepreneur.com where you can purchase the book, sign up for our newsletter, and hear tips and pointers that will help you keep your day job while building your dream job. You can also purchase the book on Amazon, at Barnes & Nobles, and other major book outlets. Thanks for tuning in and see you on the next episode where we'll be discussing values versus skills. Peace.